Jenny Donheiser. And I'm Nicole Spezio. And this, and this is, is How Were You how Brainwashed? Were you brainwashed. Sexiest podcast on the planet. No. 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 We're not. We're sexy. We're the most virginal podcast on the planet. <laughs> I love what people check if they can curse on our podcast. Like anyone, any platform is responsible for this. <laughs> I know. Like where do podcasts go? Or is it just people like, we're like, we don't like cursing. <laughs> Please don't curse. I did have to mark on a cast that we use explicit language. Fucking right. So maybe it like just doesn't go to children. They don't. Good. This is not for children. <laughs> children are still being brainwashed. I can't sort of talk to them about it until they're on the other side. Wow. I can't wait to in 50 years have my son on this podcast. Wow. We'll have to revive it for a for a one time only app. <laughs> After we've had a huge falling out, we haven't spoken in 30 years. I need to know how I brainwashed my son. Well, maybe it won't be you. Maybe it'll just be society. Oh, great. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, babe, what's going on with you, Nicole? Nicole, I have, based on the recommendation of the beautiful hosts of Bitch Sesh, Casey mm. and Danielle, I have been watching Welcome to Plathville. <laughs> and okay. it's a wild ride. <laughs> it is a, you know, I never got into the Duggar of it all, mm -hmm. but this is, I think, you know, akin to that. It is about a sort of family that couldn't have soda and um are didn't they celebrate or what okay their... so they say that they are religious okay. they don't say what religion <laughs> but then they also don't celebrate any holidays including christmas they only celebrate birthdays they only celebrate birthdays and are they attending any kind of like community we see them attending one thing one time <laughs> But I don't know what or who. And it's more about them like singing than it is about the messaging. <laughs> okay. The Duggars are independent fundamentalists. No, no, no. It's not about the Duggars. I know. I know. I know. I just wanted to know what the Duggars were. We'll I see what the Plaths are. Okay. Sorry. What religion are the Plaths? Plath family appears to be <laughs> Christian fundamentalists which means that they interpret the Bible very literally. Fundamentalist Christians are generally Protestants or Baptists. So they're similar. But okay. I love that this says appears to be. So, But we're not, right. getting, we're not getting into the nitty gritty of what they do and what they follow. Yeah, they're not telling us exactly. It's more about living off the grid and, I don't know, wearing long pants to the beach. And then sort of you see the older kids. It's I mean, talk about how were you brainwashed. Yeah, all homeschooled. The older kids then sort of, you know, get married, start to be like, maybe I do want to go to college and maybe that's not a bad thing. And uh, you sort of see them challenge the parents and mm. break away. And I'm in the middle of season three and I can't stop watching. It is my new show. And I am just obsessed with Welcome to Plathville. And they're all so blonde. All the children are so blonde. And there's one daughter, Lydia, who's the middle daughter, who she's always cooking all the meals for the family. She really is the mommy, but she is she is young girl. It's uh, she's always wearing leggings under her skirt. It's a lot. A lot's going on. How many kids are we talking? I think nine. OK, that's more reasonable than the Duggars. They were 19. How many of the Duggars? Well, I mean, 19, Nicole. What do uh, the Duggars do for work? How are they supporting those children? I don't remember. I watched part of the documentary and then I was like, I'm got to get out. I'm too scared. 
but they ran some kind of, I don't know, company, farming, construction. And then they were just relying on the show, I think. I think after a certain point, it was like the show is the job. I know, but the show doesn't come in for a long time. That's true. Yeah. But they sort of started out like, I think they had like 13, like a lot of kids were born during the, because they believe this, whatever religion believes that you are meant to produce as many children as you can physically. Like if you are capable of having children, you should be having children. So the only reason she (sighs) stops, the only reason she stops is because she finally hits a point where like it's unsafe for her as a woman and her health be continuing to have children like the the 19th I think it was a lot of drama almost didn't happen type thing so Mm -hmm. finally they finally said for your health they have to stop but if they hadn't encountered any health issues she would still be out here making babes can you imagine being pregnant I guess some of them were twins so she was only pregnant maybe 17 times but 17 times watching it doesn't make you feel like weird about the women or like how like they're being treated within the family or are you worried about anybody well me watching them i think is helping them maybe get out okay so these children are trying to leave actively some of them are leaving okay and then the older ones that are leaving then they don't let them see the younger siblings because they don't want them to poison their minds with independence and freedom i think me watching is helping (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm sort of putting money in their pockets for the future and sort of helping them get out when they're ready to. Are children seeing any of that money, though? I They should be. Okay. Not now. It's probably in a, you know, when you're a kid and then there's money and it goes into a trust like 18 or whatever when you're a child actor. It's probably the same. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the Duggars, what those 19 children got mm. or saw in that situation. I think Are the money you're... is protected from the bad parent. Okay. That makes me feel better. It's just sort of like, I don't want to be worried about these women's children while I watch it. Knowing what I know (laughs) went on with the other family and like the sort of way that they, the hierarchy of the man being, you know, who's in charge. I know, but then we're we're trying to watch them get to the other side. We're trying to watch it. Okay. Okay. I feel better about that. That's the hope. Not like, not like celebrating this lifestyle. No, no, it's very questioning the lifestyle. Okay, okay. And it's like the parents will go away and then like the older kids will buy ice cream and be like, don't tell we're having ice cream tonight. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's, you know, an active rebellion. We're having ice cream tonight. Wow. They they had root beer floats. They all fucking lost their mind. They're like, this is amazing. Okay, I'd like to give it a try at some point. Yeah, I think, you know, again, I'm only in the middle of season three. I think there's five seasons, so I I can't fully endorse that I'm still on the ride. But I've been watching it constantly. What do the Plaths think? Like, what do you think? Like, I think the Duggars thought they were, like, teaching the world about Christ and about fundamental baptism or whatever the hell their lifestyle. Like, I think they thought this was, like, the greater good, but then obviously, like, just... I think the dad was a narcissist and also liked the attention and the money and blah, blah, blah. Right. But what do, what do the Plaths think they're doing? I'm there? sure it's very similar. I think it's like, we figured out the way to live life. Let's share it. And we need money. <laughs> like, let's get right. money. Because we've decided to have nine children. 
I saw a TikTok of Olivia, who is married to the oldest son, Ethan, was married to the oldest son, Ethan. I'm not sure yet. It doesn't look great for them, I'll say, in season three. But she was telling a story basically about how the mom did an MLM and then put the oldest son on her downline and would buy products in his account to give her like the perks and the bump ups for the MLM. So they're also like, I think, stealing from their children, (laughs) you know, so that's why we have to watch so we can give them money for the future. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure when I have nothing else to do because there's still a strike happening and no new shows. Exactly. I mean, times are bleak. Yeah. It's like you got to do what you got to (laughs) do. Babe, what's going on with you? Babe. What's going on? Well, we went to our short film screened last night at Nighthawk, which was really fun. Yes. I went at to the Future of Film is Female Film Festival event. Yep. Shorts program. Shout out to Karen Coleman, who runs that organization. It was it was a fun night of shorts. Um, I'd say, you know, definitely tonally ours was a little different than <laughs> than most of them. And that's OK. You don't want everything to have the same tone. So it's good to have a little mix yes. up. Some yes. really, really good ones in there. So there might be other screenings coming out that people can check out. Absolutely. Watch this space for more Savasana short film screening content. It's also always inspiring to see what people are able to make and like the stories they want to tell. And totally. So that element of it is really fun. Shorts are not easy. And I think if you can make something like slightly unique or beautiful or fun in that short period of time, mad props, mad props to you. Rank what you want to be in order, director, writer, and actor. And this is legally binding and you can't change it. I would say writer, director, actor. Nice. I like directing. It's hard, yo. (laughs) A hundo P, yeah. (laughs) It's really hard and it's hard for me to wrap my head around the amount of work it would take to direct a feature film. So that's why anybody who does that, I'm just like, you are, especially with like low resources, that's extremely impressive to me. It's so much work even to make a seven minute short as a director. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it on set. It's the pre-production and the post-production that are bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Being on set, working with the actors. Yeah, like, that's fun. <laughs> working with the DP and having like the energy of a set. Very fun. Seeing what works, what doesn't work, changing it up. But like. Sitting down, making a shot list, like <laughs> she hates it. Trying to coordinate all the different people that are going to be working on it, and like getting them on the same page about the vision, and then doing that again with post production. Post production such a slog. Yeah, so many people it has to go through, and this once again just a short. Yeah, you know, you're like you think it's over, and then you're like no. Now we have to look at sound design. Now we have to look at color. Now we have to get music rights. Now we have to... What about you? Actor, actor, actor? Actor, actor, actor. She's actor. 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 (laughs) I can only say actor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mostly like doing acting. We got a lot of laughs last night. That's fucking right. Some much needed levity and laughs. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, awesome. Should we guest it? Yes. Yes. Jenny, yeah. would you please do us the honor of introducing <laughs> our incredible guest? I would really be so, 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 so honored. Okay. Wow. Today we have on the pod 
Heaven Ross Katz, which I can't believe I'm saying. He is a writer, a podcaster, the Sarah Michelle Geller historian, author mm-hmm. of the book, Into Every Generation a Slayer is Born, How Buffy Staked Our Hearts. And believe me, I will be asking you about it. <laughs> also host of the podcast, Shut Up Evan, and recently newsletter, Shut Up Evan, which you can also subscribe to. Also, just the zeitgeist. I consider you the zeitgeist. You the tastemaker <laughs> of the generation, honey. Literally how I know anything is through Evan Ross Cat. So I'm so thrilled to bring him in. Welcome to the pod, Evan Ross Cat. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. What a warm welcome. Gosh, we're thrilled. We're thrilled. I have been following you for so long, and I only recently made the connection that I had met you in college. <laughs> oh, my God. Back in the day. The Is this only... an NYU trio? Absolutely. This is an NYU trio. We wow. like to keep it only NYU for the podcast. <laughs> That's the only... <laughs> I recall your Sarah Michelle Geller cutout in your apartment. And a deep I... cut. She's actually in this closet for <gasps> listeners of the podcast. I'm sitting in front of my closet and she is currently confined to my closet. Because there's not really a good spot for her here. I mean, <sighs> every spot is a good spot, Evan. <laughs> You're right. I might need to rethink this strategy. <laughs> yeah, I remember walking in and being like, this is my person. Anyone that has a Sarah Michelle <laughs> Keller, a Buffy cutout in their home is for me. Yeah, you're talking um, to some Buffy girls for sure. So good to be in the presence of Buffy people. I feel like I can kind of relax my shoulders a bit, you know? <laughs> I did force my classmates to call me Drusilla in third grade. That's sort of <laughs> the character that I latched on to. I said, now you guys call me Drusilla. Everyone's like, okay, Nicole, I guess we do that. Should we unpack that? <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's we definitely saying something. I mean, Drusilla, what an g- amazing villain. One of the top, top tier of that. You know what's show, funny about say. recalling Drusilla is like, she's so iconic, but only appears on like, I think like six or seven episodes of Buffy, maybe a few more, but like for how imprinted she is in the brains of Buffy fans, her right. time on the show is very limited. It makes me sort of hmm. think of Faith in the sense, too, where it's like you yeah. have these characters, Faith, Drusilla, Darla, that are like canonical to Buffy, but like really are not in the show a ton. Yeah. They made their mark. They with made the small them. time they had. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, right? Those actors had no idea that they would be going to like Comic Con for the rest of their lives <laughs> and attending. Or Eliza, these who was like, goodbye, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's she at? She is in Boston. She is, I I was going to say happily married, which is like, how the fuck do I know? Can I let us swear, by the way? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's just funny. Like when you, you have this perception of like anyone who leaves Hollywood has done so because they like found peace of mind, which is like not the case. But in my mind, she left Hollywood on her own accord and is living a happy life as, you know, with her family. I think that's right. Yeah, it feels like it checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, and I will not be um, participating in any of these. She doesn't do any of the cons. She just stays in Boston. She doesn't do any of the cons. Sarah Michelle Geller made a special phone call to her on my behalf to try to get her for my book. And she was like, sorry, I don't want to do anything affiliated with Hollywood at all. So I think I think it might be a, you know, that uh, we'll never see, uh, you'll never see me again meme. I think that might be Eliza. 
I'm sorry for the book, but I am. I love a woman with a boundary. So I do. <laughs> totally. Love exactly. Like, I was no. like, you know what? I don't believe. And you know what? After doing all the interviews and learning everything that I know about Buffy now, yeah. I'm kind of like, I think she made the right choice. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, okay. So to get into the book, which I loved, by the way, as a Buffy Thanks. fan, it was just so exciting to revisit it through a lens of now, of today, and to have someone really take you on that journey of a post-2020 world <laughs> and reevaluating Buffy. And I loved that you didn't ignore or shy away from any of the problem areas, even though a lot of them came up while you were writing the book. <laughs> It was healing in a way to like hear the actors talk about it, to get into what was their journey, but also they're so delicate and they want us to still love it. And that was really nice for me to hear (laughs) from their perspective. I think that a lot of them, the sense that I got was that the more that certain of them would come forward and say like, I love this show and it was a difficult experience making it. And that Mm -hmm. runs the gamut, right? I mean, there's obviously actors that have come out and spoken out about specific instances that they experience specifically with regards to the creator of the show. But there's also sort of like smaller instances of just like, you know, maybe it being like an unpleasant set to be on, especially for like young people. And especially at a time when working hours were less regulated than they are now. I think the more that certain actors came forward and were like, I know like you fans love this show and I don't want to take that away from you, But I think the more that they did that, the more comfort there was in sort of being able to create an atmosphere in which it's like, you're not disrespecting the legacy of the show to say that this was not, you know, all fun and games making the show. Both things can be true at the same time. Exactly. Which is like, honestly, it's funny. I had like a difficult talk with my mom this morning, which (laughs) we won't get into. But one of the things (laughs) I kept repeating was like, mom, two things can be true at once. I'm not negating your feelings by expressing my feelings that counteract your feelings. I know my mom doesn't and shout out. She listens to this pod. Love you, mom. But there's a lot of like me expressing my feelings about a certain situation that may have occurred in childhood. And then, you know, the moment she has to not be defensive about it and like can acknowledge, okay, it's true that maybe you experienced that. But also look at now and where we are now and all of that. Like there's, it's very hard and I'm I'm about to be a parent. So I'm sort of trying to <laughs> look, look at that and be like, hmm, I understand why parents get defensive because you're totally. trying, but also please just, please listen. <laughs> please, please listen, listen to me. <laughs> Life is long and Jenny, you're just going to try your best and you will fuck up your kid. And that's beautiful <laughs> because that's how it works. I love the sentiment that life is long because, yeah, I'm so sick of this life is short BS. It's like, no, life, I mean, some aspects of life are short, but like life in general, long. It's a big, long run. A lot can happen. A lot of highs and lows. <laughs> yeah, we're still, there's a whole Netflix show about the blue zones. People out here are living to 100 plus and apparently only only eating like beans. So Ugh, I don't love beans. <laughs> no, it's like if I'm a hundred plus at that point, like if, if if I'm relegated to beans, I mean, I would already, I'm not sure how luxurious life at a hundred plus would even be to begin with, but it's like the thing that would keep me holding on would be the prospect of just food. So if you're, you know, just giving me beans, I'm kind of like <laughs> euthanizing now. <laughs> 
I don't know. It has to do with you know, the show explores different areas where people live yeah, longest, yeah. and it's like what about like a grape with... leaf diet, like that, like a stuffed grape leaf diet. You know, great. I- I'm speaking on it like I watched it. <laughs> okay, great. So you didn't even see it. <laughs> I didn't see it. I saw great. one TikTok about making a recipe based on the blue zones, and it was bean based. So that's where I'm getting this information from TikTok. Wow. As per okay, usual, journalist Jenny over here. <laughs> Evan, I know you are a huge Survivor person. Are you a Big Brother person also? I am, yeah. A little bit more low-key and a little bit more, un- like, you know, begrudgingly. Uh, my fiancé is, like, a huge Big Brother person. Mm-hmm. So it began in watching him, like, as a, you know, is a supportive spouse. But there's things I love about the show. But I think as the diehard Survivor fan, there are so many imperfections to both Big Brother as a game, but also, like, as a produced piece of television that I don't vibe with but like yeah I'm addicted <laughs> I mean the Siri and Jared of it all on this season what a wild what a wild journey did you also watch the traders with our friend Siri Siri's I on did. Big so, Brother yes Siri yes. and her son Jared are both playing on this season but no one knows that it's her son oh god so it's uh-huh. just like two random people so she did some people kind of know she did Survivor, then The Traders, and now she's doing Big Brother. Yeah. So she did four <laughs> seasons of Survivor. Whoa. And then she appeared in an episode of this show called Snake in the Grass, which sort of like brought her back into the reality competition fold. And then she did The Traders, won The Traders, right. picked up a slew of new fans along mm-hmm. the way. And now she's doing Big Brother. But I loved her on The Traders. I have a ton of issues with the lack of strategy on a show like The Traders. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I was a huge fan of the UK Traders, which I think is the superior Traders. And, you know, the casting announcement just came out several yes, hours ago. Lots of about our friends. Season two, and like, mm-hmm. I'm shaking. So <laughs> I do think like they have leveled up because I think season one was so season one of Traders for those that don't know was half vets, half newbies. And I think that created sort of a strange dynamic, whereas they're mm. going full vets for Traders 2 and they're digging into like, you know, I heard some podcasts being like, they must be spending so much money. I was like, I wouldn't go that far. Like I don't think like, <laughs> like I'm crazy. Yeah, I think a lot of these people are like more than happy to get back into the fold. But um, yeah, there are titans on two. So I think two is going to be the thing that like really puts the show over the line as far as becoming like a cultural event. I hope. Wait, I haven't seen. Okay, I saw something yesterday that I think was a fake announcement. But now the real announcement is out about the real season two. Yeah. And it's all celebs. It's no normal. Yeah, so there are. Four housewives in the fold. We've got Tamra, Tamara. Larsa, Phaedra, and Sheree. Um, oh there's Trishelf and Trishel from the real world, which I yes. think is a big deal. Nell and uh, Dan Giesling from Big Brother, which is huge. Those are two yes. titans. Hall of Fame um, players. Yes. Peppermint from Drag Race. But I would say like the big headline in the Evan sphere would be so Parvati Shallow, who is the winner of season 16, right. Micronesia, and Sandra Diaz Twine, who's a two-time winner. She won Pearl Islands and Winners at War. They are both competing. And small but brief backstory, they don't get along. Um, mm. Great. And, That's what I want to hear. <laughs> and it is my <laughs> biggest hope that they can have a moment in episode one 
bury the hatchet, work together, yes. and final two. Like, I will be devastated if the feud continues into the show. We need to, like, peace and move forward and joint slay. I do just feel like the Survivor people are better set up for this show, right? <laughs> like, what is well, I mean, certainly like going to do Kyle on this show? Summer House last season is like, what are you doing here? It's, you know, MJ, I think. <laughs> Totally. But I will say, like, (laughs) I don't like to dignify the show too much because it's like, yes, they're better set up. But like the show really doesn't require a ton of strategy. It's basically pointing at someone and being like, I think you're a traitor because this morning at breakfast, I saw when you approached the sausages and you were about to grab them, but then you didn't. So you must be the traitor. Um, Right. So (laughs) that to me, it's like it. Although, like, yes, I'd like to give credit to my survivor girlies as far as like they're going to go in with the upper hand. It's just not a game really rooted in that, that I'm kind of like, I have to mentally prepare for Parvati to go out first. Otherwise, I do, like, I'm not saying this like in like a, to be hyperbolic, it's like, I, it will be really hard for me if Parvati goes out quickly. So I have to use these months right, right now to prepare. <laughs> yes, because they're, she's going to be the biggest threat. I mean, I if- think Sandra's a bigger threat because she's a two-time okay. winner. I see. So that's who they're going to want to be like, gotta get them out if they're smart to be scared of the yeah, right people like, you also who, don't know yeah, yeah also yeah, like camera gonna be scared of we can't predict it's that. also worth noting that like although you could say oh parvati and sandra are winners of their show the housewives are employed on a show every season so like they are making more like these women both got like one time or in sandra's mm-hmm. case a two-time check whereas the housewives like tamra mm-hmm. barney has been employed for 16 or 15 years however many years minus you know whatever but like i i she is more wealthy and also the opportunities that have come along in terms of you know being a housewife versus a survivor winner so who's to say how it all nets out in terms of like who who do you go after based off of their reality tv fame or the money they made from reality Mm -hmm. tv wow but, but, but yeah you'll have to tune in but also like a fascinating sort of like thing to to you know to game out i can't wow i'm (laughs) i I know and she's with her her boyfriend marcus jordan that is wild yeah i think Um, that was a last minute i have to believe mm -hmm. they were like yeah yeah you can come too (laughs) sure 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 (laughs) wow i can't believe it's all reality stars he was on the flight so (laughs) right yeah right i i feel like i've said to my husband like tried to explain that Scotty Pippen's ex-wife is dating Michael Jordan's son and he just like can't compute it. <laughs> if you don't see it, I'm it's with hard to understand. But even seeing it is hard to understand. But I thought, you know, he I loved when she did like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I love when she had like that mini arc on Miami where she was like, We're just friends. Like, and it's like, okay, Larissa. Yeah, when are they coming back? I'm ready. I'm ready to see my friends again. I think soon. I feel yeah. I feel the Miami heat coming. Okay, great. Because I feel like that's all we're going to be getting since the strike's still going. <laughs> now, now, this is Nicole and I's first podcast gathering since the Shannon Bador incident. We haven't talked about it at all, Nicole. We haven't even texted about it. Yeah. Yes. Um, for those of you that don't know... um. <laughs> Our friend Shannon Bador in Orange County did do a drunk hit and run to an apartment and her dog was in the car. She left her car and started walking her dog so she could say that that's what she was doing. 
it's it's a tough time for Shannon this week. It seems like she yeah. might have broken her arm. Really? There was a picture of her from the back with uh, just a little sleeve hanging, no arm in it, with John Jansen. Oh, wow. We love Shannon. We love Shannon. Best. I think that we've been dancing around the alcohol use of Shannon Bedore for many years at this point, and she probably shouldn't have went so hard on Gina's DUI. I know. Really, the timing of it is is tough. Alas, well, we wish her well. <laughs> I hope that Evan. Any back. any comment on Shannon <laughs> at this time? <laughs> I. It's like this is one of the tricky things about housewives, right? Which is that like. We, and I say like the collective we, we love our housewives' drunken messes. Like that's part Mm of the, what's a key ingredient to the show. Mm -hmm. But when you think of like past instances with alcohol, like Lou falling in the bushes, it's like very seemingly, it's like innocent fun. Uh This sort of crosses over into like tricky territory because she endangered others. Like it's driving under the influence. Like everyone is aware that that's not, not good. So it's tricky to like sort of laugh at this one the way that we do with the others because it's like concerning that Shannon's both like put herself and others in danger. It's great that she's getting help, but it's like this is a show that she's built her reputation. Her whole existence on the show is about fun Shannon. And the whole idea Mm -hmm. of fun Shannon is fun Shannon is drunk Shannon. And so like Mm -hmm. in order for Shannon to quote unquote show up, she has to be intoxicated. So it's just like tricky. It's like she's rewarded for being drunk all the time. Right. But then like, but then she went too drunk. It's like, right. so I'm, in, like, I'm, I'm, I'm glued to the story because, because we are glued to like the messes of these women. But I also am like, this one is a little different to me in that it's like, I think it's different than like your Kim's or your like Luann's because mm-hmm. I think this crosses a different line. It's not to say that like, I don't think we should be like talking about it. like we totally should be talking about it, but I do like feel like a messiness around this one that I don't often mm-hmm. feel when your housewife is you know like yeah it's I guess this would be similar in the same category I would say to the Jen Shaw Erica yeah this um, is a dark a dark like, thing we're talking this, about yeah. yeah this is the dark thing that affects others yeah 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 I mean it's twenty twenty three babe you can absolutely call any car anyone can call you a car it's so. So true. And for whatever reason, that was not what happened. Did you see the video footage? Mm -hmm. I can't believe that got out. But I guess me too, because there's a part of me that was like, I was like, this can't like this is being exaggerated, blah, blah, blah. And then like, I, I, it's like to watch the video. It's so shocking. It will never be lost on me the way that this franchise and I mean, Housewives as a whole is like. Just when you think it's like, especially after the Jen Shaw thing, it's like, where, you know, where do we go from here? How <laughs> sure. do we? And then it's like something like this happens. And it's like this show, because in the case, I don't watch Vanderpump Rules, but in the case of like Scandaval, like as an mm-hmm. outsider, that will never be interesting to me. Like two people, like, as someone cheated on someone, like that's not, I'm sorry, like as an outsider, I don't get it. Whereas like, this is like, I can't believe this shit happens. And there's video footage yeah. of a woman, a drunk cast member on a show driving into a house backing up and pulling away like so bad i think that's crazy crazy is it a ring it's someone's ring cam a neighbor what do we look what do we watch it was like it was quite a view like it was like (laughs) an overhead it's really ah well it's well shot yeah i there also (laughs) released like their own like a bystander of like the aftermath 
of just like what the car left behind and the damage of the house. And it's quite a it's quite a knock. It's quite a boom she took. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, sorry, I made what? it dark. What was- <laughs> no, I mean, no, she made it dark. What was right. Archie doing in the car? It's an amazing yeah, why question. Why is her dog in the car? I guess if she was at a friend's I house just... with the dog. There's something of the John Jansen of it all. I think either her coming from or going like his apartment was very close to the house that she hit. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if she was coming or going, but yeah, don't if you're going to drive drunk, definitely don't do it with your pet. And also just don't do it <laughs> at all would be better. Yeah, Don't do it. But, but but extra don't do it with your pet. I mean, Especially. so the question I have is like. You know, as we're as we're having these conversations spurred by Bethany about like this reality reckoning, I do think oh, there's a conversation to be had about like, is it in the best interest of Bravo to bring someone like Shannon back? Because at the end of the day, as I said, this is a show that obviously doesn't force anyone to drink, but like it's a big component of this show and her time on the show as an as you know, if you're an employer and Shannon is the wait, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're and she's the employee. Do you say like, this is not a good fit. Like this environment is not good for you and the journey that you need to be on. Or do you lean in and say, oh, we'll do a Shannon sobriety season. But like, I don't know. Cause that's, I mean, that's dark also. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't like to leave people when they are going through it. If they feel that they can stay in. Because I don't mm-hmm. want to just see it was so bad and then I got help and now I'm fine. And actually that's uh-huh. behind me. I want to see if you feel up to sharing your experience of actually going through the hard thing, living through the hard moment. Like if you are choosing to opt into that, I think that's okay. Like I want to see that because from just pure like love of humans and the fight and point of view, like I just want to see if we're going to get real about, yeah, it's hard to deal with uh, an addictive personality and alcohol and wow, I got to this point. Like, let's get in there if you want to. Right. Mm-hmm. I guess I yeah. wonder, like, in the scheme of Housewives, has anyone had a sadder arc than Shannon? Because the only one that came to mind was Vicky, but Vicky's had high highs, like obviously low lows, but like Vicky has had moments of triumph. I feel like Shannon's life has just been one either bad decision or bad thing happening there it's just it's it's just been constantly yeah yeah it's it's rough so the idea of her coming back it's like it's not going to be a redemptive season it might be like you know a, i was gonna say a sobering season in more ways than one which would not necessarily be like as bad as past seasons but but what if we know. could get to a redemption season in like three seasons like that is i think the frustration too with the dorinda of it all of all of us being like, babe, mm. we love you. Come on, do it. Do the hard work. Look in the mirror. Say the truth. And we will be here waiting for you. But uh, it's the same with Shannon. It's like, if it, it, do we want it so bad, maybe more than you want it for yourself. But mm. I don't see Shannon being able to let us in like that on like that kind of journey. Yeah, I think there's, there's a wall up. Like, you know, like the Kim Richards of it all, I feel like. I don't know if she was meant to go through that. I don't know if we were meant to watch her go through Cer- that. Certainly we were not. Dad, certainly Kyle said something in the limo that that ruined the things. And that's <laughs> fine. And I love Kyle, too. And that's beautiful. But like, yeah, we saw the darkness of a family that was not consented to by everyone. I, in that yeah, family. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
in her continued like journey for sobriety, I don't know if it was good for her to be on the show, but we kept her on the show. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Vanderpump. Vanderpump tried to get Raquel back, Rachel Raquel back, even though we all know she shouldn't be coming back. They wanted her back <laughs> because, of course, they. I think they'll. They're always gonna want them back. I think there's a sea change around that. Like, I, I think at yeah. one point they did, but I think that this is all speculative. Like, I just, I don't think the network can deal with liabilities the mm. way that they once, like before, I, because I think mm. the way that people get litigious now or the mm-hmm. way that the court of public opinion sort of can allow something to like exist without any fact-checking, I think that they would rather not, I think caustic personalities are not good for them the way mm. they once were. You think that's why the new Roni, everyone's so calm. <laughs> I, yes, need you to, I, think I, that... I need you to convince me to like it, Evan. <laughs> oh, I would never. I'm like one of those people when it comes to <laughs> housewives in general. It's like, I always say like, because people will be like, should I watch it? And I'm like, no, like <laughs> I got on this train 15 years ago. It's too late for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, it's yeah. too late for me. But like, yeah, no, I, it's like, I always say like, if you're not enjoying it, like by all means, stop watching it. And would be like, but do you enjoy it? And it's like, it's sort of like, um, uh, you know, you take your vitamin in the morning. That's sort of how Housewives is for me at this point. <laughs> Sometimes I like it more than other times, but I certainly would like, I would, there are so many things I would argue like with Buffy. I can argue why if you haven't seen Buffy, you have not lived your life correctly. That's an easy like argument for me. Or I could even like argue like why and just like that is a great television series. Like that's a happy argument for me. With Housewives, I'm like, if it's not clicking for you, it's not you. It's it's it. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I am still watching it. So I'm, I would I'm say like the journey. Back, you have you have you have twelve good seasons of Roni that predate this one to go back and rewatch. That's what I would suggest. Okay. I'll watch them all till the day I die. Everyone they put out. <laughs> Nicole. Nicole was just saying last week that she needs them to release her from Salt Lake. But Salt Lake, I'm having fun. Nicole, are you having fun? Sh- now? Sure. Of course, this season is more fun than last season, but you know, not a high bar. <laughs> That's true. I'm just at this point, I have seen, I have been a witness to the life of these women for decades. Like I have seen the divorce and the cancers real and fake and the, <laughs> the I have witnessed a life and so I'm just going to keep witnessing these lives forever until they stop airing them I feel like the interesting thing I've noticed so this happened with Salt Lake the city and then New York is like starting the seasons off with trips mm-hmm. which I think is interesting because like with Salt Lake I think we just finished episode three and I think the overall vibe check from the audience has been like oh we like the, it's back on track but I'm like, two of those three episodes have been a trip. And as we all know, like things tend to pop on a trip because it gets mm. all of the women together for yeah. long periods of time. And I think Salt Lake's biggest, I noticed this in the premiere episode when there was that scene with like Meredith and Heather, where I'm like, they don't have chemistry together as characters. I'm curious once we get deeper in with Salt Lake, I'm biding my time to assess the state of Salt Lake because I think that we're in a good spot right now, but I don't necessarily trust these women in their scene work when it's just <laughs> one scene partner i love wow. calling it scene work that's beautiful <laughs> i mean Absolutely. on a show like that it's, scene it's work. it, it is <laughs> should we ask evan our famous question let's do it is let's it ask... that time do you feel i think i think go forth nicole 
So Evan, this podcast is called How Are You Brainwashed? And on every episode, we ask our guests just that. So what is something that you used to think was real fact, the way the world worked? And then at some point you were like, hey, actually, I feel like maybe that's just brainwashing. Oh, wow. I mean, there's so many things that come to mind. Things that I was brainwashed about. I think I was brainwashed about food. I think Mm -hmm. that I didn't learn about, like, I had this conception, which I think a lot of young people have, was like, vegetables suck. And I only really, like, I had three meals growing up that my mom would make for dinner. It was just chicken, flank steak, or taco night. I didn't really know about that there were other foods that existed. I didn't know about eggs until my 20s. Um, what? That's like, I guess like, yeah, like just like, and again, like, I think this speaks a lot about my parents, but I just didn't like, it's funny, like adult me is like, I love making like delicious vegetables and like a great salad and like the art of a great salad. Like these were just, I didn't know about food. So I think I was brainwashed to think that there were like just 10 foods like dinner was either chicken flank <laughs> steak or again wow. quote unquote, taco night um and so there's been a lot of unlearning throughout my life about there more foods that exist but also like the joy that can be derived from food and also i had this idea in my head that it was like healthy food tasted bad mm-hmm. and if it tasted good it meant it was unhealthy mm-hmm. and it's funny it's like one of my favorite i'm like i'm a broccoli stan and it's like if i only had known about broccoli when i was a kid I could have like gotten to where I'm at on my food journey so much quicker, but I just didn't know because I only associated broccoli with like the, that like wa- like very esteemed broccoli was the only way I thought broccoli existed. And I was like, I don't want yeah. that. Yeah. That's amazing. That's an amazing. Where did you grow up? <laughs> I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. But I think that like, the, and the older I get, the more awareness I have of this. I think it's like, my parents it's not that they were strict it's like my parents are not adventurous in any sense of the word Mm -hmm. so i just like they you know gave us to eat what they ate and since they were unadventurous eaters it became us but what was funny is it's like it took me a long time before i i thought that that's what food was you know it took me a long time to be like oh and again this hits me you know every day in my adult life where i'm like wow there are so many ways in which i grew up that are like really strange but i never thought of as strange that i now look back on and i'm like yeah what was that about so and mm-hmm. it's funny because i'll like broach the conversation with my mom and she'll get like really defensive and be like of well course. like you didn't want to eat anything i'm like okay but yeah it was me it's always me <laughs> <laughs> yeah nicole came from a italian family i feel like you got a wide variety i also came from parents that don't cook mm-hmm. so it was a lot of microwave food or like the two things my mom knew how to make or like my dad grilling Mm -hmm. so I similarly like I mean even coming into college and being broke in New York City like I was still just doing like I don't know pizza grilled cheese like whatever from the dining hall foodie culture I don't think hit me until much later into adulthood of like, oh, wow, like there's actually restaurants to explore in New York City. <laughs> like, totally. But even like not even just like foodie stuff, because it's like I found this kale mix recently at Whole Foods that like doesn't have I should credit my fiance. My fiance found this kale mix <laughs> and it doesn't have the stems because a lot of when you get a kale mix, typically it includes the stems. And that's why I don't tend to like that. Anyway, we found them. You bring it home. You throw in some Caesar and it's like delicious so it's like yes i enjoy finer food as well but also just small things like that 
mm-hmm. I didn't know you could make a salad at home in a, that there would be a bag. I only knew about iceberg lettuce. You know what I mean? I didn't know that there were like yeah. other greens and yes. like all it took was like pouring into a bowl and mixing and dressing. That was not nomenclature. Right. Totally. I think the vegetable pieces is a big mm-hmm. a part of it. Like I uh, married into a canned vegetable family. And I think that that's just something that I did not have growing up. And I was like, well, of course you would hate these if this is what you thought a vegetable was. Like it's <laughs> totally. someone picked it nine oh years my God, ago. Yeah. A canned artichoke. Ooh. A green bean. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh. same with me. Like, yeah. Canned microwave, like really anything that it was all steamed. My parents yeah, were exclusively putting like vegetables in the microwave in a bag. <laughs> so yeah, of course. Do you think that's yeah. also just like a generational like I don't know, when you think of like white picket fence nuclear family like they're making like pot roasts and like steamed carrots or something. I don't know what they what the hell they were making. I think it's somewhat generational, but I also just think I think it's regional too mm-hmm. in a lot of senses, but I think it's just It's funny because it's like, yes, it's generational, but I feel like I'm going to completely change the, I'm breaking the cycle with my, how I'm going to raise my kids. So it's like, I think it's finding someone in the, not that everyone needs to be in a relationship. Anyway, okay. So it's finding it in yourself if you have it in you to enjoy the process of learning about food and enjoying the process of cooking and the feeling that it gives you. So it's like part of it is like the taste, right? Like that's its own component, but also mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I went yesterday and like I walked to the butcher and then like I went to the butcher, like, and I got my cutlets and like I came home and like put them in the broiler and like, but, like all of that was like, I was like, oh my God, like how amazing. Like, I'm just walking to like the Clinton Hill, like butcher. Like that's like the, that's <laughs> part of the life that I want to live. Yes. Um, so I think that it's like building out the interest in like cooking as not just the act of it, but like the 360 lifestyle, but not like, I'm not talking like a goop lifestyle. It's like, I went to like Pisano's and it's like just finding your mm-hmm. rhythm. Yeah. Were you guys like, but I'm not saying like the Instagrammable version of this. I'm just saying like whatever version works for you. Which is fair, but like uh, when you do post a restaurant on Instagram, I am taking note. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So just to I'm be clear, starring it in my phone, I'm starring it absolutely. <laughs> but that's just learned behavior because I'm doing the same thing with someone else where I'm like, right. especially if it's something in my like walking distance region that I, yeah. especially if I haven't heard of it, because I always mm-hmm. like, I like, I like trying new things. And so, yeah, I think I honestly think Instagram stories of people at restaurants have a far greater utility than I think people realize. A hundred percent. Because sometimes it's like, oh, like another food picture. And I'm like, it's not really about like, sure, that's a component. But it's also just like, you know, especially if it's a restaurant that you really like and you want to support small businesses or medium sized businesses in the case of New York often. It's like sometimes it's just like, you know, getting the word out there. hundred percent. Were you like kids meal people? Like, did you guys have kids meals? No, I'm not really. Like, yeah. I, we would like order pizza or Chinese food sometimes, a frosty occasionally, but like my parents didn't love, like they didn't love fast food. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did you, and what about microwave culture? Stouffer's culture? Or they were always doing flank steak taco and <laughs> it seems yeah. like it was always <laughs> flank steak. Yeah, no, the <laughs> one microwave memory I have. Okay, maybe one of the two of you know this because I no one ever knows it when I mention it. There used to be these waffles that you would get. They were shaped like a, they were square waffles about like you know about the size of 
trying to think. I was, I was doing it and then I'm like, it's a podcast about the size of a coaster, mm-hmm. like a square coaster. And they had nine, they were nine indents, whatever. And you would put it in a little sleeve, a white sleeve, and then you put it in the microwave. And this was like a 90s thing. No one seen, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's like, part of me thinks that maybe I'm making this up because when I tell <laughs> people, no one knows about it. Anyway, that was my microwave culture was these specific waffles that my grandma used to have. That was, but besides that, no, microwave is not just a reheat thing, but never a, never a cook thing. Well, yeah, you really, you missed out on some incredible French bread pizzas and mm. <laughs> fettuccine Alfredo's from the freezer. Not a pasta girly, gotta say. You're not a what pasta a, girly? What, what do you a mean? Sentence? I know. It's funny. I was just talking about this the other night. It's like, it's just not something I ever really desire. Wow. You're you're really blowing my mind on this one, Evan. <laughs> I don't know if I'm just like in the mood for like, I don't know. I'm never like craving pasta. What are you getting at an Italian restaurant normally? What's your order? I don't think I like have an order at an Italian restaurant, mm. but I would say like, I guess like a chicken parm. Great. Okay. Canonical. I just don't, I don't like spaghetti. I don't like spaghetti. Yeah, I think chicken parm to me reads that you didn't grow up in a food house. I was going to okay. say. <laughs> With love from an Italian no, New Jersey. I, I, fe- I feel that that. <laughs> okay, so Nicole, tell me, what's sense. what's your what's your order? I mean, my favorite, <laughs> LOL, my favorite is eggplant parmesan, but that is <laughs> different. That's different. That's my favorite food of all time. Okay. And there's something about a thick chicken cutlet that to, I mean, if you go to the right place, a thin chicken cutlet, delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I'm a pasta girl. Like I am not a, because I grew up like in the heavily Italian, like foods that some people are nostalgic for, like a mac and cheese. Like I don't have any of that. Like that's mm-hmm. not my thing i didn't grow up with that shit so i don't feel <laughs> for it wow this is huge yeah you did lose me at no pasta but that's okay <laughs> sorry it's but again it's not that i don't like it if it's I around you. great yeah, just, yeah you're not craving like i went to carbone several months ago and, and everyone's like oh my god you're at carbone like blah blah, blah. And we ordered all that i was like this is not like legendary food for me mm-hmm. yeah i gotta live my <laughs> truth my work like only takes us to Carbone. <laughs> Psychotic choice. Like, literally can't. I don't. I. Yeah, there's that one pasta, the vodka rigatoni or whatever, spicy vodka rigatoni. That's the best thing I think. Other than that, oh, and all the free bread. We do give you a lot of nice free bread and cheese. But other than that, it's overhyped to me. You can probably get that same meal any, literally anywhere. Hot take over here. Carbone. Very interesting points. Overhyped. All over. Sure, so many people say carbon's overhyped. I, mean, I think most hype things right, in the city, yeah, more more often that is the case than not. But that's kind of the great thing is I'm of the mindset where it's like once I know something's hype, that's sort of my like, okay, great, throw throw send the people there, and I'll go to the places <laughs> I love. Right, exactly. Totally. Should we do our final game? Our last segment. Well, I know. Is there anything, Jenny, you want to ask Evan about? Um, and just like that, just while he's here, I just know that's important to you. <laughs> so I just want to give you the opportunity if you need to discuss anything about that. Well, I, I don't have anything really to say about it. And just like that, I do want to thank you for your work on bringing more attention to Barb and Star Visit Vista Del Mar. It's one of my favorite movies that's come out in the past few years. And I feel like it didn't get enough love. 
And every time you meet it, I say, thank you, Evan. (laughs) It it is interesting, though, because it does have like moments like I do see discourse about it from time to time. And like, I at least feel like those of us who know it recognize its glory. So like, I do think it is regarded, but these moments happen. I think about it with Barb and Star. I think about it with the movie Bachelorette, which like I'm so obsessed with, where it's like you have these like, fantastic pieces of cinema with actresses multiple actresses that we all love or in the case of like barb and star like a great performance from like a jamie dornan that's like totally off the wall you're like this has all the ingredients and just for some reason it didn't find the right burner so i think about that a lot but i think that they need to do a barb and star like live show i feel like they need to turn it into a play because it has it's just so theatrical inherently and it's so yeah. I just think it would pop on stage so I am hopeful that like I mean obviously a sequel would be great but I also just feel like the original text being that it hasn't blown up the way it should I say we stick with the OG text and, and bring it to Broadway I'm in wow. I will sign that petition for sure yes it's a Get great some idea producers in here we don't need any more 1980s blockbuster films being made into musicals <laughs> let's get barb and star visit mr delmar needs oh my god that would be incredible would love okay, what a silly the- billy stupid amazing <gasps> thing it was so good and not we're not making comedies like that anymore nobody's out here taking huge swings like that and just being as goofy and those two women it's just such a joy. It's such a goddamn such a joy. joy. I'm ready for a rewatch, actually. See. I did one recently. Holds up nicely. Okay, incredible. It also <laughs> probably came out like in pandemic, right? It was like, I remember it renting. It did. It was early pandemic yeah. because I did like a deal with the studio to meme it. And so I have, I have core memories because this is when I was like first learning Photoshop. And yeah, this was definitely... This would have been January or February of 2021. Wow. Does everyone approach you about being memed? Have you ever turned down a being memed? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. If I don't if I don't know it or watch it, like I can't. It has to come from me. Um, Organic yeah. memeing only. Gotta be. Or, or I mean, that's the, a sense I get. Is, right. <laughs> Organic. Big enough. But right. it's funny yeah. because it's like I don't like at the end of the day, like it's like memeing is not. Someone was like, oh, do you get mad when people steal them? And I'm like, no, because like, they're not mine. Like they're, I'm mm-hmm. just writing captions over something that already exists. I get reticent because I think people are very quick to give me a lot of credit. Now, the one thing that is nice to hear is like, oh, I discovered this show because you were posting that. Like that I love. Like I feel like I mm-hmm. get that all the time with jury duty. Yes. But when it comes to like an end just like that, it's like I'm just globbing onto a thing <laughs> that everyone's talking about. And I feel like sometimes I get, like you know given this status and i feel like it's undeserved because it's like a lot of people do like a lot of people could do this they don't and they don't do it as well and that's just the yeah, truth exactly just you're take curating it. just take the compliments and you're, okay i'll take it you're finding the moments you know that not everyone is finding sometimes though it's like them. funny because it's like i wish i could turn because i always say it's like i have a meme brain that sort of turns on at times and what's funny because it's like i don't watch housewives with my meme brain mm-hmm. but sometimes i'll be like i had this feeling when i was doing it yesterday where like there was this merry moment and i was like oh this will be a meme and then another one occurred and i was like oh maybe i'll do a merry carousel it occurred to me like about a third of the way through the episode and then all of a sudden the meme brain turned on and it like ruins my watching experience because i'm like I just have like my tentacles up in a way that like I have to be so alert and I can't 
sort of just enjoy the thing. Mm-hmm. So like within just like that, or I remember with White Lotus, I would do like a first pass watch that would be a pleasure watch. And then I would do a second pass that would be like, okay, let's go in and like dig. And do meme. Yeah. And do meme. I gotta do meme. <laughs> gotta do meme, babe. <laughs> you absolutely did turn me on to watching Jerry Duty, by the way. So thank, thank you. you. I was just at dinner work. on last Wednesday and I look up and it was James Marsden and he like came right over to my table and gave me a big hug. <laughs> it's just like, how is this real? Alive. And then they sat him down at the table next to mine. I got to eavesdrop. Oh my God. I know. I walked by. I'll ask you about that off air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I walked by Jeremy Allen White today, you guys, on Driggs Avenue on my way to the subway. Wait, 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 wait. Driggs yeah. Avenue, New York City? Driggs Avenue in, yep, Williamsburg. I was walking to the L train for my apartment about, about Driggs and North 9th, I would say. <laughs> Wow! Did you I feel his... tingly seeing him in the in the flesh? A- absolutely, just as cute. Foley was wearing. Do you a know hat. how sometimes it's like you? It's like I I can't imagine him in New York City. You know what I mean? He's so mm. LA to yeah. me. So it's like I'm like wow, like interesting. What's he doing here? Why is he in Williamsburg? You know, <sighs> I should have. It's a great question. Yeah, weird oh. that you didn't ask. Strange. <laughs> yeah, next time, come on. <laughs> I just had a moment of like, oh my God, texting my husband right away. Be like, I just walked by Jeremy Allen White. He's like, okay. (laughs) Um, Are you leaving me? (laughs) Anyway, okay. Let's do our last. Let's let's do our last little game. Our last and only little game? Yeah. Okay, Jenny, explain the last and little game. (laughs) The last and little game is called casting. Where we take a category and we cast ourselves and each other in said category. So if we were to do The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, you know, we'd go around. I would say who Nicole is, myself is, and you are, Evan. And we'd all do that. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I obviously, Buffy comes to mind, but we don't have to do Buffy. We could do it. We? We've never done Buffy, right, Nicole? We've never done Buffy. Should we do we it? Do so wait, we, we each, we go around and each do ourselves and then we do each other. So, yeah. yeah so okay. we're all going to go in our minds and we're going to think about who we are and who we think our friends are on the call. And then we're going to bop, 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 say it and explain it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've got my choices. <laughs> Immediately. You know okay. already? Okay. okay wait, yeah. I'm like, second. I'm only quick when I don't need to be quick. But like my fear is always like, not that it's will ever happen, but like if I were ever on Watch What Happens Live, I think I would, I would not excel at that sort of like rapid fire, like name, but it's like that I can't. Mm-mm. They got to get the questions beforehand. Sometimes I think they do. Um, but I get, even if I got them before, I don't know if that would help me. Cause I got, <laughs> actually, wait, I got when I was on, yeah. I was on during the pandemic. So I was on Zoom and I did get my things before and it didn't help me. It actually made it worse oh, because- no. I had to do like a, they were like, pick an un, a problematic opinion and like the, defend your boba. And so I did the, my thing was like, oh, Giselle Bryan has great style on Potomac. And then I had to like memorize all of my points as to why. Mm. And like, yeah. it became really rehearsed. So I actually think like, there's no, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I, 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 I mean, the problem like, there might've been sort of that your take was crazy to begin with. So it might've 
I know, but I thought that I was like, that's the, I was like trying to that's give the a point. point. I didn't yeah. really feel, but I was like, I like the idea of like arguing for the underdog. Beautiful. Okay. Um, I do know who you guys are, but I'm like stuck a little bit on myself because I feel like, okay. But if somebody wants to start, I can continue to think on it. Okay. Do you know, Nicole? I, I will start. Okay. This might be cheating, but of course, because of third grade, I, I have to give myself Drusilla. I just, I, I saw that wispy woman. And I wanted to be her and I feel connected to her forever. So I have to give that to myself. Evan, I gave Cordelia uh, because I just feel like everyone wants to be you. You are that <laughs> bitch. Okay. Uh, deep, deeper than meets the eye. Just a star. Gorgeous hair. Thank you. Um, and ultimately, <laughs> Jenny, I did give you Dawn. <laughs> Oh my I, god. I wow. like to fuck with you and uh, you know, <laughs> whenever you show up people are pissed and confused and mad. It's sort of like, why is she here? I don't know. Wow. I just like to razz you. You're a little sister vibe. Okay. I'll I'll take it. I mean, yeah. Okay. Amazing. All right, I'm I'm ready. I do want to save Evan for last because he's the Sarah Michelle Geller historian. I gave you Nicole Cordelia. I feel you have, you know, a strong level of taste, <laughs> a lot of opinions. People sort of gravitate towards you in a room, I would say. And stylish. I mean, I guess they were all stylish, but when we look back on that time, you know. Now, Evan, I gave you Giles. I feel like there's just a wisdom. There's a mm. hot, a hot wisdom to you. <laughs> hot wisdom. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, coming in, sort of telling you know, tastemaker again, sort of organizing everyone, telling them what to do. Teach me, daddy. Teach, teach me, me daddy. Absolutely. I, you are giving me teach me daddy vibes. And I gave myself Oz. <laughs> Just sort of. An odd, an odd bird kind of coming in, observing, uh, making some fun quips, and then peacing out. <laughs> and also a werewolf, just secretly. Um, spoiler. Yeah, love spoiler that. for Buffy, sorry. So that's where I landed. I can't wait to hear Evans. So I've always self-identified as a faith. She's my favorite character of all time. I identify with like... I've actually, this isn't like true to my existence, but sort of I identify with this idea of sort of feeling deeply misunderstood and being perceived as the bad guy, but all along having the goodness in you. I've just like always really vibed with Faith and her arc on the show. And I love where we land. So Faith, but I will just caveat by saying like, I do think I am like a classic Buffy in the same way that like, I think I'm a classic Carrie. Um, <laughs> just because I do, this is like, the most arrogant I think I'll be, be comfortable ever being publicly, but like, I do think I have main character energy. Um, yes. So that is that on that. Okay. So <laughs> then Nicole, definitely an Anya. Oh, I feel like Anya has an inertia yeah. about her that makes me constantly unsure of where she's going to go. And I want to follow. <laughs> I feel like there's just like, a lack of predictability, but never in a like um, disarming or never in a way where you're worried about where it's going. It's not like Shannon Vador in the car. You know what I mean? <laughs> it has a rhythm to it and a flow, but it's like a completely unique flow. So definitely an, uh, definitely an Anya. 
love that. Okay, and then Jenny, I definitely think that you are a Willow. Like, come on now. Like, even the yeah. glasses right now, like, she's giving Willow. She's, like, studious. She knows her shit. She supports her friends. Um, So I definitely get a Willow vibe. Ooh, honored. Incredible. Wait, Willow, she's going to be on Dancing with the Stars? I'm hoping she's going to pull out. <laughs> I'm hoping she's going to pull out. <laughs> Not a good decision. We'll <sighs> see. Are you gonna watch? So they did. You saw stay? that. So Matt, the what's his name? They already had someone pulled out. Really? Today. I didn't see who. Who pulled out is uh, Matt Walsh. Oh no, oh. he was gonna be our. Boots I was on surprised the that he was in to begin with, and so <laughs> yes. did he say? So of... now I think the pressure's on Allison and Mira Sorvino. Okay, because they're a SAG. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. watch this space. Yeah. To see what occurs. <laughs> truly. Um, Evan, again. thank you so much. You are truly our Dancing with the Stars star. Um, but one who doesn't cross the picket line. Absolutely. Never. Where can the people keep up with you? You can keep up with me on the gram. That's probably where I'm most matriculating. But also my newsletter, it's evanrosscats.substack.com. I do two pieces per week, one free and one paid for paid subscribers. And that's where I sort of do, you know, my Instagram is sort of like the light version. And then Substack is where we get to like go in and have complicated conversations about popular culture. So today's, if I could just plug today's, I did a deep dive on the Drew Barrymore of it all and okay. sort of uh, where we net out when a good person does a bad thing, but then ultimately does a good thing, how we sort of place them in our public consciousness. And especially in the case of Drew, who really went from being a protector at all costs level star mm-hmm. to a public enemy number one within a week. So I did a deep dive on what happened and, and where we go from here. Okay, yeah, got to get my eyes on that. And I have some fun and just like that pieces because I was like, obviously, that was like my bread and butter for a while. And then the show's now, you know, in between seasons. So but I have some fun think pieces to sort of keep the end just like that conversation flowing. Yeah, it'll never die that combo. It'll keep going. I'm (laughs) doing an in defense of Carrie waiting five years for Aiden. Okay. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Watch this space. Watch this space. Thank you so much, Evan. We love you. 